What's poppin' people? It's your boy Kaz here once again for the Say Less Podcast. I want to thank you all for subscribing, whether it's through Spotify, iTunes, Google, Stitcher. It don't matter. I appreciate your listen. If you don't know where to find me, just Google Say Less with Kaz and, you know, play whatever is the first thing that pops up. You know, today is the beginning of the week, and obviously we're going to do the same thing we do each and every top of the week, and that is talk about the cultural staple and landmark that is The Last Ride, the 10-part documentary on ESPN about Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Phil Jackson, and the Chicago Bulls 1997-1998 season. And today on the episode, we've got one of my very good friends, the very funny, the very talented, Danny LaPriore of The Basement Yard and The Stank Podcast. Noted titty enthusiast, if you if you know, you know. Well, yeah, it was a great talk, man. We talk, we get really into everything about uh, the last set episodes, seven and eight. We talk about uh, just the beauty of sports, uh, why Michael Jordan being an asshole was beneficial to so many people, why Scottie Pippen is looking really, really bad uh, during these episodes, and uh, so much more, man. I love talking with Danny. He's a co-host of one of my favorite podcasts, The Basement Yard with Joe Santagato. So make sure you check that out. And um, man, it was great catching up with one of my good friends. So without further ado, Emilio Sparks, please do the honors and hit the motherfucking music. Yo, Danny, so first question, why was Michael Jordan such a fucking asshole, yo? Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I really don't know, but I'll tell you this. Yeah. The, the thing that I saw, like, the most during that was, like, I was waiting for that. I was like, when are they going to get to, like, asshole Michael? Yeah. Like, I feel like it was, it was you know, the first couple of episodes, you could tell he had a lot of hands on it. And you could tell that for a long time. He wasn't really trying to like, let that shit get out. But now... You know, we've heard all the fucking stories for years about him just being a irrepressible dickhead. But now yeah. to kind of like see it in, in, in full force, is it fucked up that I kind of like him more now? Yeah, because he's being himself. <laughs> that's I think that's what the thing is like with athletes. It's like when they're in it and they're assholes during their time. If you win, winning fixes everything. Of course. You can, you can be a dickhead if you want. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's. So last night, right, obviously we're watching the episodes, and I think it picks up right after the third championship and the retirement. And, you know, obviously he has a whole different team at that time, but he decides to go play baseball. His father gets murked, and, you know, there's always the uh, the, the, the what's the word I'm talking about? The urban legends about the, urban, the gambling. The urban legends, yes. Talk to me about the urban legends, bro, because I, I have my theories but what are some of your theories on why Michael really retired, man? So I think Michael retired because he was stressed out. You got to remember, like, this is before social media. And I always talk to people like this. It's like you think of people who were big before social media. Yeah. And, you know, he was as big as it could get. Like, it was like the Beatles, Michael Jordan, <laughs> Michael Jackson, yeah. Mike Tyson. Like, a lot of these Mikes. You know, not to quote Biggie or anything, but Jordan Jackson action, Pat guns, ridiculous. <laughs> but I just think I think Mike was. See, I'm 31, so if he would have never came back, I would have not never got to see that real greatness of what he was. You know what right. I mean? I was born in '89. He was four years in the league already. Right, right. So you know, I got to grow up. You know, seeing him beat the Knicks, but like I was still a little too young to know what was going on. Mm. And then as time went on, I was like, oh, shit, like this dude's special because my dad was a Christian man. 
<laughs> and nobody made him curse more than Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's every every New Yorker's like introduction to Michael is hearing your parents curse for the first time. It really was. <laughs> I, I, vi- I vividly remember my dad just being like, "I fucking hate this guy." <laughs> but uh, I had no. a love. I had a love hate with Mike though. I had a yeah. love hate with Mike as a kid. It's every everybody wanted. I loved Mike. But I couldn't right. really show it, and like my family hated it that I love Mike. I was a Knicks fan, but it was tough. It was tough. same. Like we we both grew up New Yorkers. We both grew up Knicks fans. Yeah. So like, there's this weird dichotomy where like, if you're from New York, you grew up with like Jordans is part of your culture. Like sneakers is part of your culture. Like the whole swag of MJ was like part of you growing up. But it always came from at the expense of your favorite basketball team and the team that you and your family rooted for. So like, as a New Yorker. Especially like as as big as hoops is around here, it was yeah. always kind of a fucked up place to be at. Well, the thing was is that if Mike didn't give us buckets, we wouldn't we wouldn't really have much else to talk about. You know what I mean? So it's like there's championships there and everything. Yeah, you know from the seventies and shit. But like, you know, we lost to the Rockets. Right, John, John Starks. Never right. forgive him. Never forgive him. He went for like one for 17 or whatever the fuck he wants. But John Starks dunking on Michael Jordan was our championship. (laughs) Let me ask ask you the question. So I'll answer your question. I don't think it was a conspiracy. I think people just saw Alexis and Rob Mike's pops. Right. That's what I just think it was. They saw Alexis. It's North Carolina. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Some I mean, people just saw a quick bag, I guess, and just ran up on him. Or maybe they were following him to steal the car, and they waited for him to pull over, and they and they did that. Yeah, I mean, at the same time, you know, you, you could see why a lot of that conspiracy theory would go on. Like, you know, MJ was hanging around, like, shady characters, paying off, like, golf debts or whatever. And mind you, it's not like MJ wasn't good for it. And it doesn't seem like he wasn't somebody who needed, you know, Give me the money, or else I'm a, I'm a, I'm a kill your dad, or I'm gonna hurt you, some type of shit. So it seems like Mike was good for it, but I just feel like you know us as gossip mongerers, especially in sports, especially when the biggest, not even athlete, like the biggest celebrity on the planet at the time, just fucking quits. It's always more sexy to just be like, oh my god, it's got to be something deeper than you know this dude is just really fucking devastated and mentally worn out from being Michael Jordan this entire right. time, and now your dad's dead. You know what I mean? And like, not only is your dad is your dad dead, he goes missing for weeks, and then they find him shot and murdered. Yeah, yeah. Like Dude, somebody shot, if somebody shot and murdered my dad, I wouldn't be able to go to regular work. Right, right. Like I wouldn't be able to. I, 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 I'd quit anything at that point, man. Like yeah. I, I lost my father a few years ago, and that was like slow. And you know, like cancer is, is really fucking. You know, cancer's cruel, and in and in in it's cruel. But in the same way, it's almost like it still kind of gives you that time to, you know, be with them and, and try and, like, fit in as much time as you can. To lose your dad like that, to have him to go missing and then found in a fucking desert, wherever the fuck they found him. Yeah, it's, and then it's, it's like, you know, and also it's like he's in a position where he can't really trust anybody either besides his family. Right. It's all about money and getting buckets and, and you know, being this person, portraying this untouchable force of a man like Mm. you know i i always look at at michael jordan as and this is why michael jordan was the goat yeah all right and i know people want to talk about lebron and i'm a big lebron fan of his game same 
You know what I mean? I think LeBron's kind of corny, like as a person. <laughs> yeah. But but like I think LeBron, you can't deny it. It's like, dude, I'm watching greatness. So like, I love his game. Right. Like I, I, I'm I'm saying like if I'm basketball, you played ball before. I played ball before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know the difference between playing with a guy who's like so good and doesn't really make his teammates better. Right. And the difference between a guy who brings the, the rising tide lifting all ships. And that's kind of what LeBron has been like. But yeah. they got that way from being like this psychotic sort of maniacal competitor. You know what I mean? That we're all kind of seeing now for the first time in living color. And, you know, I kind of I kind of got it backwards with you. You're saying like LeBron is corny. I kind of grew up thinking like. You know, MJ was a little corny. I thought he was a little, you know, too clean cut and always said the right thing. But now I'm seeing him calling, you know, Scott Barella a hoe and, and, and curse them out and all this business. I'm like, damn. That's what I'm saying. I wish I would have shouted out better. The, the, the thing with Mike was is, like, this is what Mike would do. Mike would – there's a story that he would wait outside the United Center uh, for the for uh, the visitor's team's bus to show up. And he'd be outside there with his Ferrari – smoking a cigar, and whoever would get off the bus, whatever team it was, he goes, which one of y'all is going to try and stick me tonight? <laughs> I believe that. That's, that's what separates him from all these other people is that LeBron always rubbed me the wrong way with kind of like how he goes up, uh, along in the media. Like it's just right. corny. Like the shit he does and the decisions, unforgivable as a Nick fan. Right. Fuck, him. Fuck that shit. Why are you, that shit? Why are you hanging out with Alan Houston the day before? <laughs> Fuck you. You know what I'm saying? Thank God. Did you, see, did you see the Wade documentary too? Where they were basically saying like it was between Miami and New York. So yeah. like it even yeah. it even it hurts even more watch that stuff. But continue. So that's why I was just like, you know what? Like LeBron's never gonna reach that point for me. It's because one, he wears Mike's number. Right. <laughs> You could never be you could never be an original when you're when you're kind of like but that's the thing though like I kind of feel like the reason why LeBron is the way he is is because he knows all the Jordan stories he's got to see him watch him grow he's got to watch his mistakes and as much as you can try and be a little bit more new school and be like oh well LeBron's greater than MJ because yeah. he never you know he started when he was eighteen and dominated since then and never took. A year off or two years off, whatever the fuck he's doing. You can say whatever you want about that. At the same time, though, you can never be better than the originator because the 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 he just chopped through all the fucking woods to yeah. make it easier for you. You know what I'm saying? And obviously, as people that we've grown up watching and, and now we're seeing with this documentary, we know there's gotta be a little bit of phoniness to that, right? Of like course. you know there's gotta be a little bit of okay, LeBron, we know you're putting on, we know we know when you're in when you're in, in TV mode. In LeBron mode and teammate mode, we want to know like the real asshole motherfucker. Like what what happens behind those scenes? And it took us twenty years to finally see it with MJ. We might not ever see it with that shit with LeBron. I'll tell you this about LeBron. I put LeBron in the class of Derek Jeter of in terms of you ain't got shit on me, right? Right. So like LeBron's very good at that. You know what I'm saying? I'm not accusing him of anything, but you know people have publicists and teams and shit for certain reasons. Oh yeah, and and he's squeaky fucking clean. You know this, what I mean? This fucking my gosh! I, I always talk about like people and their teams and like you know celebrities and just very well crafted images. There's like a hierarchy of that shit. There's like the Will Smiths of the world, where like this motherfucker is pristine, like 
Huxtable, well, can't say Huxtable anymore. Yeah, but, that's, 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 that's the, uh, the least clean you could go these days. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, it's on some shit where it's like, yo, this dude and his team is so bulletproof. You can, ne- you can never get, like, there was some shit that leaked about LeBron a couple of days ago about, like, some teammate and whatever. Not even a mention after, like, an hour or two. Like, white, white from the face of the earth. It's, it's, they know it's, what they're doing. Of course, they know the money train. That's a billion dollar entity at the same time. And there are people that get paid very well to make sure that that image stays as clean as possible because that money train is something that just never runs out. We're still, we're still, we're still eating off the Jordan money train damn near 30 years later. You don't think the LeBron money train is not going to go for another 50, 60, 80 years if that way past when he's gone? And relatively, like, I just like guys that were like, like badass dudes, like right. you know what I mean. Like Mike would like go gamble in AC and then like come get fifty five. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like LeBron's eating tacos and like talking to like D Wade and shit. Like it's cool. Like listen, like do your thing. But like I like my motherfuckers to do that. Like I like I like my goats. And dickheads. <laughs> like LeBron, I mean? LeBron's like a good dad and shit. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, You know he's happily married. The family. He always speaks up on every social issue, and that's. Fantastic. Which, I give, That's which great. I give him respect, though, over Mike. 1,000%. 1,000%. Because LeBron recognized his voice is bigger than basketball. And I know that's the cliche saying, but, like, that that guy changed a lot of kids' lives. Not saying Mike didn't either with, you know, philanthropy and stuff like that. But yeah. one of the biggest Mike folklores is that he's a cheap fuck. <laughs> yes. You right. know? So, and, right. and and LeBron, they say, is too. But LeBron, I think, in terms of has the edge over Mike, just in terms of, like, you know, being more of an activist and, and going out there and trying to spread these messages. Mike just wanted to get busy. Yeah. I, I'm going to play devil's advocate, too. Everybody knows I'm a big LeBron yeah. fan. I've, I've, I've cast LeBron James checks in the, in the past life. So, I mean, there's nothing against that. But, I mean, some people will say, like, LeBron chooses very easy hills to die on. Like, of course it's easy to say shooting unarmed black men are bad. Like, of course it's easy to say, you know, uh, to, to, to go against Donald Trump. Like, it's it's easy to do that. Right, right. You know, when, when shit got real tight in, in, in Asia and China, like, you know, it wasn't that easy for him to kind of step up and say what needed to be said, you know? Like, right. that was almost... And I think he's built up enough equity as far as being able to speak on certain issues that that could have been his, you know, Republicans buy sneakers moment. And it didn't really happen that way. LeBron's been under a microscope for what, 20 years? Yeah, just about. Just, a, just about, you know. 2002, 2001, when he did that Sports Illustrated cover when he was in with, high school with, or some shit. With, with Telfair? Or yeah. No, no, the, what, the, yeah, the, the yeah, chosen yeah, yeah. one like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Listen, LeBron had a kid. Nobody knew about it. <laughs> that's a that, that's a thing. That's a thing. Wait, that's you know a thing. I mean? Well, his he had a kid in high school. Right, right, right. That is true. Uh, Bro, uh, Bronny right. was born, but Bronny was born in high school. Yeah, but I didn't, see, I didn't see that little motherfucker. I didn't see <laughs> Bronny anywhere. But um, he had the Hummer. Right, he had the Hummer, he had the jerseys. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, man. Jay's your man and shit. Like, you're not telling me Jay wasn't hitting him off with some dough. Like, yo, like, it's all good. Like, bye. Come on, man. Like, and let's 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 jump into that too before we get into more Jordan shit. Yeah, you know, they, yeah. got the whole, they got the whole Zion Williamson thing with uh, Duke and him having to kind of uh, 
pretty much admit under oath, like, hey, like I might have taken some things under the table, whatever. And I mean, let me tell you, man, what LeBron James, Zion Williamson, these people who literally are one man economies to an entire sport, whatever the fuck they paid LeBron and Zion for those one years or two years, clearly wasn't enough. No. Clearly wasn't enough because we're still talking about this shit to this day. And Zion, to, to make it, to bring it to 2020, he was college basketball. Like, yeah. I don't think, I don't think there was this much excitement or this much attention to college basketball in years since this dude was was playing. He only played like a handful of games. And last year, I mean, granted, the seasons, there, there was no NCAA tournament. There was no whatever because everything went on. I can't tell you the top five college basketball player. I mean, I could look them up. Like, I heard yeah. of OB Toppin and I heard of uh, Miles Powell. Cole Anthony and and even like the Tar Heels were kind of whack this year, but like James Wiseman or some shit, right? James Wiseman played a couple games and he got fucking you know he got hit with a, a suspension or whatever. But it's like we're at the point where with the with the whole G League shit happening and all these elite prospects just being like you know fuck cops, let's go get the money, man. Like at what point does the NCAA just say fuck it and just like know well, that this is a losing battle? Well, you could say it. I can't. But, uh, <laughs> as, as Jay-Z has once said, fuck the NCAA. <laughs> let a young get Yo, paid. Let a young nigga get paid. I was, I would, you know I, what I'm I saying? I would have bleeped it out for you, even though I can't. I would just, I would have walked you into that and been like, ah, surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let uh, a young nigga get paid, man. It's If you look at it like this, right, these, these colleges have billion-dollar endowments, you know, you got all these white kids coming to see these kids play. Um, and the other thing is people are going to Duke games to see Zion. He's putting butts in seats. Now people say like, Oh, whoever plays at Duke, people are going to go. I get that. Mm-hmm. But the reason you're getting these one and done guys is because you're trying to win a championship. That's why you're doing it. Right. You're not doing it because you're going to put butts in seats. You're trying to win championships. You want my service for one year to come there and bring a championship possibly to your university? You're going to have to fucking pay me. Mm-hmm. And I don't want this fucking bum-ass fake, oh, you get a, a, a full scholarship. <laughs> you get, you get an education. Does anybody know? You know what the bullshit? That is the biggest bullshit I've ever heard, right? So, like, the whole they get an education, right? Do you know what the, a college life for a one-and-done freshman is? You come in, money and basketball. <laughs> Basically, you're not going to classes. You're on the road for most of that season, and by the time the second semester co- comes comes along, you're playing all these games. And by the time it's March, by the time the season's over, and you got maybe two or three months left of school, you don't have to go to class anymore. Like you can no. just go and start getting trained. Like, granted, not everybody's one of these one and done elite lottery picks, or whatever. But that's the the life. Of a Zion Williamson, of a James Weissman, of a Cole Anthony. Literally, once March hits or once February hits, you don't need to be in class no more. You just need to no. go to a handful of classes so you're eligible to play in these games. And if there's not games being played, I'm not going to fucking school. Fuck that shit. Fuck that. And I would and I'd be like, yeah, the only way I'm coming to your fucking school is if I never have to go to class ever. You want to know what the coach is going to say? No problem. No problem, sir. We will have somebody to, to get you some notes and shit. And, you know, when it's time to do tests, we'll have it done for you and all of that type of shit. Absolutely. And- and, you know, it's like, listen, I have, like, the utmost respect for Coach K. Like, you know what I mean? Like, especially, you know, he t- he does Team USA. Yeah. He's 80 years old. He looks like he's 52. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that, just, like that, just for men's, that Just For Men endorsement is kicking in because you know, he's had jet black hair for, like, 40 fucking years. And I don't you know, know how he's proved it all. 
but he moves a different way. Like you don't think that Coach K got people that go and talk to these kids for him. Like, come on, bro. And the only one that's real about it. The only one that's real about it is Calipari. <laughs> that's facts. That's facts. Those are the two. Like, I'm gonna tell you this. Like, Coach K is like Don Corleone. And Coach K is like the fucking underboss. I mean, uh, Coach Cal's like the fucking underboss. Be like, yeah, he's the yeah. guy who's sitting there in, in, in fucking casino. He's Nikki going into 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 other casinos and fucking people up just to make sure nobody touches the big boss behind them. Because Coach K, man, like, listen, if you don't think he moves like a gangster, like most of these college coaches do, I'm talking about this dude is worth hundreds of millions of dollars, just in endorsements alone. And on top of that, when you're getting these recruits, you're not just getting them to put butts in the seats. You're getting them because eventually these are going to be your boosters. These are going to be the guys that, you know, they're, they're basically walking advertisements for your school. It's like, oh, I want to go and I want to go to the school that Kyrie Irving went to. I want to go to the school that uh, Jay Williams went to. I want to go to the school that all these guys went to. It's not as just as it's just as much the high school players, right? As, as it is the white kids sitting at home and say, "Damn, dude, I want to go to Duke next year because then I get to watch Zion play." Right. Or, or the non-athletic black kid that goes, "Damn, I'm gonna go watch my guys put on for the city, though." Right. So I'm gonna go there and watch. If you really, really think about it, why the fuck would Derrick Rose go to <laughs> Memphis, <laughs> the number one recruit in the world, Word. high school? I'm going to go to Memphis for what? The weather? <laughs> Calipari brought that Calib bag. You got that like, bag, Yo. bro. I'm going to tell you. Right, so, boom. So, even a funny story that connects that all. I One of my high school teammates, Jeff Robinson, was in that, like, recruiting class with Derrick Rose. So, like, yeah. when they were all freshmen, they all came in together. And I remember seeing Coach Cal come to practice and, you know, him, him being around and shit like that. And you can't tell me this much. Like, you ever, you ever watch a movie and you see when, like, I'm not saying he's a bad guy, but you know when, like, the villain is here? And it's like, how did you not know this guy was the villin? How did you not know this is the guy that was going to end up like, you know, throwing some cash under the table to make sure they get the number one recruit in the country? So, like, wow to me. It's just like, listen, Anthony Davis, you know, uh, another guy. Uh, Oh, gosh, the Boogie Cousins, uh, um, John Wall. Bro, Deron Like, Deron Lamb, like, people – Deron Lamb is the forgotten – player on that team. Okay. All right. New York kid. Okay. <laughs> I remember Deron Lamb, yeah. Let's say I don't want to make accusations on here, but Deron <laughs> Lamb was Deron Lamb was taken care of. Yes. To go yes. to Mem- to go to Memphis? This is why St. John's can't get anybody. Because they don't got people dropping bags off. That's why. I mean, to be honest though, like all all it needs is one. All you need is one. Like, I've yeah. always said, like, yo, if St. John's ever wanted to get shit popping again, all you need is to go and get one big name guy. Like, I don't know why. Like, everybody's talking about, like, Mark Jackson to get, a, like, a pro gig or whatever. Like, yo, go get Mark Jackson. Yeah. Make him the head fucking coach. Get you that one star recruit from the New York, New Jersey area. Pay him the fuck off. Pay, you get to play in the garden every fucking week. Like, come on, son. Like, there's no reason why St. John's has been this ass for this long. They've gotten a little better recently. 
They've gotten yeah. a little better recently, but like, there's no way they shouldn't be at the top of the, the conference every single year. And that's the thing. It's like college basketball to tie Jordan back in. College basketball meant something to the players back then. Right. I fully understand that these kids want to do one and done because college is a facade. Right. It's bullshit. It's paid for by these people who own universities and want to tell their friends and their boosters that, yeah, you know, I was part of why Zion came here or we got Zion and this, that, and this thing. And then they put these kids out there like it's the fucking circus. Yeah. And don't pay these kids. Yeah. It's, it's, been, it's been the longest fucking con in the past, in the, in the history of sports. It's in the, in the history of sports. It's go, oh, yeah, we're going to get a free education. You want to know what? I can get a free education, too, after I sign this fucking guaranteed contract. I can come back to college and never have to fucking work again in my life. Exactly. And that's that's the shit that's so funny to me, because you'll see all these old timers like, oh, my God, they're ruining the sanctity of college and da, 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 and education and higher education. I'm like, my G, if this if Jalen Green wants to go sign for six hundred thousand dollars to get paid to get ready for what is going to be his place of employment for at least the next five years. Yeah. Nothing is stopping him from going to school. So Nothing is stopping him from, from, get, from going to uh, getting a degree at Phoenix University of Phoenix online and taking some online courses. Like, yeah. What's the difference? And you're saying, you know, um, yeah, so uh, you're going to tell me one of these fucking nerdy fucks in this psych class is going to teach me how to beat UCLA tomorrow? <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Get out of here. And also, you got these kids. It's not like these kids are playing, like, local teams. Right. Bouncing all over America on flights. Got to do all this shit. And they can't make money off their likeness. Now they can. Yeah. And that's only because. That's only because. later. Right? Like, that's only because fucking the NBA, the NBA G League is is beating them to the punch right now. Like, you're starting to see. No, I did the uh, I did the I did the Peach Jam this past year, right? I did a uh, color commentary for it, so I got to see these guys like Jalen Green and Isaiah Todd like up close and personal. And I'm talking about especially Jalen Green. Like this kid is like the first time I saw him, I was like, I'm like he's Kobe. I'm like that's the only way I can describe him. Like he had the exact same game as Kobe, six six, wiry as fuck, jumps out the fucking gym, can shoot it from anywhere. And every time he got the ball, he did some spectacular ass shit. And I'm like, this kid does not need to be in college. This, this no. kid does not need to be. He does not need to play in college. Like for what? He, it's 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 a con. And knowing that, like in any way, any way, shape, or form. When you go to these universities, they're going to make at least, and not even just for that one year, for your years, for, for, the, for the rest of your life, you go there for one year, they will make money off of you until you die. Until you die. Like, you can, go and, buy, you can go and buy a Zook, a Duke number one jersey. They're not, they're not buying that jersey because they're Duke fans. They're buying that jersey because they're Zion Williamson fans. Yes. Like, if you want to go and get, you can go and get a, a D'Angelo Russell Ohio State jersey and Foot Locker. That's not promoting Ohio State. That's promoting D'Angelo Russell. Like, with all this shit, man, like, it, it's gotten to a point where if they, don't, if they don't at least make it so that you could – across the board, I'm not even talking about just, like, uh, top-tier athletes. I'm talking about, like, yo, if you're a D2 player and you're the most popping shit in your little county or whatever, you should be able to go to an Applebee's and have an autograph signing. Yeah, you should be able to go to a fucking. You should be Car able to have like, a deal. 
a car dealership and be like, yo, go shop at fucking Wayne's Toyota and yeah. <laughs> get you a fucking Honda. Tell them I sent you. Yeah. Right? And then break me off of the car. Because why the fuck not? Like, the where weirdest, do you lose from that? The weirdest thing to me, and maybe this is because I didn't go to college, mm. but uh, is people's fascination with college after they're gone. It's very fucking odd to me. It's like, I, like listen, like, I know it's your team, like, even more so than pros, because, like, you never played for the pro team, but it's like, right. yo, it's like, I just don't get the, it's like, this is our year, we're going to do it. I'm like, dude, you don't go to school there. You're not at school anymore, bro. Like, it's, Take it's it easy. That, that and frat, are you in a frat? Fuck no. Thank God, yo. I'm like, damn, I can't fuck with this dude. No. <laughs> I mean, I got friends and frats, and, and I give them shit about it all the time. I'm like, yo, you're a grown man, bro. Like, what do you – for for what? Like, this is only four years of your life. It's like, like you're up. Yeah. <laughs> dude, you're, you're an accountant. Relax. <laughs> it's like, cool. It's like, you know, and, like, people want to hold on to the glory days and shit. But, like, dude, if you're a grown man, like, yelling at the screen over, like, a Notre Dame week three game, like chill out, bro. I just never got it. College sports. I love college sports because I, for one, think the kids play harder throughout the entire season. Right. So it's entertaining to me. Right. But if you're going to tell me that college basketball is anything to the NBA, the level is so different. No. Nobody's watching college basketball the way that these people that go to these universities are. That's why these college teams do well. And that's why these kids need to get paid. And they're saying, oh, you know, these kids take advantage of uh, these kids take advantage of the system too. They come here, play one year, and then they leave and do this. Dude, if I could do what only 300 other men in the world could do, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. Of course. I, I'm going to come to your school. I'm going to fuck your bitches. I'm going <laughs> to take your money. I'm going to take your money, and guess what? I'm going to come back here when I'm 35 and get a bullshit doctorate and give a commencement speech and get a degree and fucking bounce. Fuck and, get yeah. a- and this fucking gym that you're working out in, they're going to name it after me, motherfucker. Like yeah. Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Anthony went to Syracuse for like 35 days. He has a whole fucking building named after me. Yeah, dude, you don't have no degrees. Carmelo's like, yeah, I'm coming here one year. I got the shit. Shout out Jimmy B. Suck my dick from the back. <laughs> And like there's 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 that and uh just to tie back in because you brought up Kobe before. Yeah. Um I can't help but think about Kobe during this documentary when Mike starts talking. Right. Because you know they made the ESPN commercial, it's like, oh like Michael would have did that, Michael would have did that. Kobe got his whole swag from Mike. Of course. Of course every single thing. But the thing is, is that he didn't steal it. He learned it. Right. So, because Mike was like an older brother to him. And for Michael Jordan, listen to how he talked to people in this thing. Mm. You had to earn respect with him. So, for Kobe to even do that puts him up there on that platform of Mount Rushmore basketball players. I think, I think this whole thing with, with Kobe and MJ and the reason why. I I wouldn't just say fans, but I want to. I'll say it. Like I think the media had a lot to do with how people kind of vilified Kobe for wanting to be like Mike so badly because you know the media has such a fucking and and rightfully so they have such a love affair with Michael. Like he literally created jobs for countless people just to talk about him because 
He's been he's he's been oh he's 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 a one man economy when it came to sports. So anybody who tried to you know get close to Mike or be like Mike or even emulate him as much as they could, they, they always looked at it like, man, like comparison is the thief of joy. And now, unfortunately, that Kobe's not here anymore. Now we're looking at it, and and we're, when we're starting to see MJ kind of peel back the layers and see the relationship that they really had, and the relationships that MJ had with other basketball players, where it's yeah. like, damn, you know, he gave it to this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, but for him to show the respect that he gave for Kobe at 19 years old, up until like his dying days, shows you a lot about Kobe, and I think. He was in the locker room when he was in the locker room and just being like, "That motherfucker don't care. He he, he don't wait for the game to come to him. Yeah, motherfucker to you. Just to hear Mike say that, and you're 19, I'd be super gassed. Gassed. <laughs> so, but instead of being gassed, which Kobe was definitely gassed. Yeah. Rest in peace. I love watching that guy play basketball. Uh, you knew that he was like, "Yo, I'm just gonna shadow Mike. Watch everything he does." Because it works for him. So if I could perfect this formula, add my twist to it, I'm going to fucking win too. But here's where I go back to why Jordan is the GOAT. Uh-huh. Luke Longley, <laughs> Bill Wellington, <laughs> Will Purdue. Bill Cartwright. The Bill, Car- Cartwright. Bill Cartwright. You see Bill Cartwright? Let's swing this over to Scotty because I brought up Bill Cartwright for a reason. Yo, Scotty's a dick. Yo, let me tell you, bro. Dude, I was in high school sports. All right, I got I got recruited to play D two college football and won uh-huh. like super so small D one college football. It wasn't even D one. <laughs> all right, like you had to fill up your own water bottles and shit. Uh-huh. Right? Okay, let me tell you something. I don't give a shit. I would never say to my coach at any level, "No, nah, I'm not going in." I'm not playing. That's the the ultimate bitch move. I don't care where you're playing. I don't care who you are. Like, my G. And it's not even about the – that's the thing, bro. I'm happy Tony knocked that shit down. Money. I mean, it was was against the Knicks, but still. I know. Hell of a shot. (laughs) Hell of a shot. But, I mean, like, Scotty, man, like, outside of Isaiah Thomas, I don't think anybody has come off looking worse through this documentary than him. Like, you got to go back to – Signing a shitty contract, playing for for peanuts basically, getting bitched by Charles Oakley, uh, fucking the migraines, not wanting to go in a game, uh, bitching about sitting out for one point eight seconds because Tony Kukoc was getting the last shot and not you, um, fuck, and even like when with hindsight being twenty twenty, they asked him, Scotty, if you had a chance to do it over, would you? He's like, yeah, I don't think I would have changed a thing. You bitch, you. Like, you got Bill Cartwright, this old motherfucker, crying yeah. his eyes out like, yo. Because that's the guy that wanted to play the game and win the game. It's like, my G, you let the team down, bro. You let that's the fucking saying. team down. At the highest level. No, I, I, not today. Not today. I'm talking, <laughs> about, I'm talking about Michael Jordan. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Who's Sorry. that? Housekeeping, housekeeping. Oh. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We're talking about the GOAT. Please, please give us Thank give you. us a few minutes. We'll, we we only got a few left. No, 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 no. We're chilling. Uh, but Mike here, and this is the other thing too. Scotty needed to realize, dude, how much praise do you have now in the afterlife? You are the only argument that LeBron fans have mm. to say, well, Mike couldn't win without Scotty. Mike couldn't win without Scotty. Mm-hmm. That's the argument. So now you're 
integrated in history to be like, yeah, I'm the only reason Mike won. It's <laughs> All right? So now you know that's in his head. They're all ego-fucking-maniacs. They got to be. I mean, to be a superstar athlete, you got to have some sort of, like, maniacal, crazy, yeah. like, be belief in top, yourself. To be at the top of anything, you have to right. be an egomaniac. Absolutely. It's just, it's just part of the job It's to be an egomaniac and be a, a, a perfectionist. Nothing is perfect for you. Mm-hmm. So, Scotty goes, well, Michael's not here, and I'm still not the guy. My dude, you got six rings. You're a top 50 player in the league. You're out now. But uh, you're a top 50 player ever, but he's out. He's out. Yeah, they, if you think this, this bumps him out? I mean, I feel like he's kind of – in the top 50. This bumps him out. This this thing right here bumps it out for me. <laughs> in the top 50. I remember the book when it came out. It felt like a basketball. It was cool. You know what I'm saying? When those guys yeah. used to have the NBA binders that were made out of a basketball leather. Remember that? No. Do you remember, do you remember like that, that NBA 50 celebration at the All-Star yeah, dude, game? I, yeah, dude. I fucking – and I had the book. I jerked off that shit like every night. <laughs> First of all, that's a little that's a little disturbing that you drink <laughs> basketball leather. But uh, that cleanup must have been a bitch, though. No, um, no, 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 no. It was it was shattered backboard leather. They were straight. <laughs> <laughs> how uh, goddamn? So like, if you go back and look at those fifty greatest players, like how many people still make that list? Not a like, lot today. Not a lot, right? Like I'm. I'm all, but here's the problem. Uh, before you get into that, here's uh, my, the one argument I wanted to say. Everyone's like, yo, LeBron's 6'8", 250 doing what he's doing. I'm like, yo, you got to remember, like, being taller in basketball is, is an advantage. Right. Jordan was 6'6". Right, right. Playing right. against real centers. Not these pick and pop, everybody shoots threes now. Very finesse. Around the rim, <laughs> like, and he was getting he was getting the shit kicked out of him, and the, that whole speech dropping at the end, fifty. Oh so this is God. where the, this is where these things coincide, right? So it goes, the talent wasn't there. Look, there's white guys out there. Okay, Luka Doncic is white, arguably a top five player in the league. Right. Okay, so I don't want to hear that shit. And young, he's like twenty years old. He's gonna own own this fucking league and like putting up putting up LeBron numbers. Mm -hmm. White, okay. That's my only uh, what (laughs) (laughs) is that gonna be all guy? That's gonna be all Larry this year, where it's just like white guy, white guy, white guy goes super hard. No, but uh, (laughs) so that's not what I want to hear because listen, you play, you elevate. The, the talent elevates every year. So if everyone gets better, it gets better. Okay. Right. So if so, what Russ can jump higher and dunk harder than Isaiah Thomas at the time, Isaiah Thomas was Russ. Right. Because here's why. Here's why. Here's why. Here's why. I'm talking in terms of how they're perceived. Okay. As these great point guards, right? Winning changes everything for everyone's legacy, right? So Allen Iverson is the best comparison for Isaiah Thomas. For Isaiah Thomas. Right. Okay. So now he was a little dude that got buckets, got respect for the league. The only thing Isaiah has over him is that they won, right? If Iverson would have won one or two championships, Kobe didn't change the NBA. Allen did. Yeah. Yeah. Allen doesn't get enough respect. So, like, listen, I don't want to speak ill of the dead ever, but people were like, 
Yo, who's going to replace Mike? How are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? Allen Iverson changed the entire NBA. When you talk about, we're talking about, and I had a conversation with one of our friends about this. We're talking about Michael Jordan. We're talking about Michael Jordan being like, you know, as far as like marketability and iconic players, like winning stats, numbers, championships, that's all stuff that's printed in black and white. You can't dispute that. But when you talk about people that literally changed the game, I've always maintained outside of Michael Jordan, it was Shaquille O'Neal and Allen Iverson that literally changed the way the game was looked at, how players were marketed, how players dressed, how the game was officiated, like literal down to the definition on Webster's about what changing the game really means. Kobe, again, not speaking ill of the dead. Kobe was a marvelous fucking basketball player, but we've seen that before. We never seen an Iverson before. We had never seen a Shaq before to that, that man, point. That man is the most disrespected, mm. one of the goats ever. He's so disrespected. Yeah, and and the, and the, and the shit changed, about Iverson. He changed the way people play basketball. There's no Steph Curry's. There's no little guys changing the way that they play and get going to the rack and doing everything that they do. Steph Curry doesn't get enough, uh, like, uh, credit for going to the rack. He's, 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 he's an amazing driver. That's only because you have to play him for his shot. Yes. You have to yes. play him 50 feet out because he will pull it and he will make it. So Yes, he will shoot from your mom's house. Like, right. <laughs> I just really feel like Iverson gets dropped. Like, Iverson should have been in this documentary. Yeah, but that's a, the, the cool thing about Iverson, though. And, and rush under the rug so much. I don't. The the reason with with Iverson is if you ever watch his like latest interviews or, or or the way he talks about players, he always, always, always pays homage, dog. My he's mind. never been he's never been super fucking full of himself. He's never been this egomaniacal motherfucker that like media people try to portray him as because of maybe yeah. the way he dressed and the way he looked because he had cornrows and he didn't look like this super clean cut guy. He's been the most humble motherfucker. Like even before Kobe passed, he always gave Kobe his props. This is the motherfucker who robbed him of his first shot at an at a NBA title. Probably his only shot at NBA title. And he's still Tiger at center and shit, bro. Like his Tyron Hill, Tyron Hill, Theo Ratliff. Mind you, like people always say, like, oh well, you know, Dikembe Mutombo was Defensive Player of the Year, and Aaron McKee was Six Man. Get the fuck out of here. That Lakers team was probably the best team since that ninety-eight, that ninety-seven like, Bulls team. Like, like there was best so players of all time playing together. Fucking loaded. There was so fucking loaded. And you're trying to tell me that because he has Aaron McKee coming off the bench, it's a it's an even fight. Like no, 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 no. no. It, it just bothers me to the point where watching this and listen, I'm only thirty-one years old, but I know what I saw when I grew up. Mm. Be like Mike. Everybody wanted to be like Allen Iverson. Facts. Everybody wanted to be like Allen Iverson. Because Iverson was white. I don't give a shit if you were Hispanic, Latina, Latinx, whatever the fuck that we're saying nowadays. I'm Puerto Rican, so I don't know. Or I don't even know what I am anymore. Well, you could you could let you could let a nigga rock before, and I would just let it slide. You want to know why? Because that's New York. You could do that, but hey, baby. Got to cool it on that. It took us twenty yeah. years. It took it took people twenty years to react to J Lo saying "nigga" on "I'm real," and I'm like, 
Every, all, every New Yorker be, I'm like, yo, she's Puerto Rican. She's from the Bronx. Like, I know 30, 30 Puerto Ricans. That's oh, hell yeah. All the time. Hell yeah. <laughs> and it's like, you know what it is? It's like nowadays, it's, it's uh, the N-word is geographical. <laughs> if, you're, if, if you're Puerto Rican, it's like, yo, anything below Virginia, you got to chill. You got you to relax. You got to relax. <laughs> Unless you're in the Deep South. Deep South, you can probably let that slide. It's like, oh, my, white white boy Mike? White boy Mike says nigga all the time. Like, what's yo, <laughs> I'll never forget, I, I played in a flag football league with a mm. quarterback from South Carolina. Uh, he played at Bucknell. He was a good athlete. Okay. We had a Puerto Rican teammate that would say the N-word all the time. <laughs> and we'd be in the huddle and be like, all right, we're going to go trips right. And he'd be like, yo, my, like, let's run something else. He would just be like, yo, don't say that. <laughs> in the huddle every time. It would just happen. He was just a, a hood kid from Yonkers. Yeah. And he, he would say it all the time. And he'd just be like, all right. And I guarantee you the hood kid from Yonkers looked at him like he had six heads. Like, what did I say? Like, <laughs> Ask me the ball? What's the matter? What did, what did I say? And, he, and then he would just be like, all right, all right, trip's right. We're going to go trip's right, right. But, like, you know, Alan should have been part of this documentary. I don't know if he's going to be a part of it. But the story that's so great about that is why Alan should have been included is that Iverson crossed them and had the moment. Right. But Mike still, Mike still gave him buckets. Right. And won the game. But so why, but why don't we do that and be like, yo, I had this moment. That's something that lit Mike up. He's like, oh, you're going to cross me? I'm going to give you 35 and win the game. But knowing Mike, knowing Mike and how petty he is, they probably reached out to Alan. He was like, nah, fuck that shit. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like the fact that they probably had the uh, – they couldn't find – what's his dude's name? La- Laquan McDonald, whoever the fuck yeah, he is. Fucking, uh, La- you got – I don't know who he is. We dropped thirty-seven on Mike. Buford Smith, dog. Buford Smith. I don't know. I don't know. Buford Smith. I don't know. Buford Smith. Put me on game. Who Buford Smith is? Please. Uh, I don't know who the fuck that is. <laughs> but yeah, there's like somebody I have money from from like thirty years ago. My thing is like, you, clearly this guy's not doing anything. But you want me to go and talk about the one time somebody lit me up? Like, no, fuck all that. Cut. Cut that. Cut that shit. Yeah. Um. I love how much Mike curses too. Yes, and that's that's been like my big hope for this documentary. And next week is is the last two episodes. I'm like, yo, I hope Mike. Mike has been like, you know, most most of our like the athletes you've grown up with, like they've either become like media darlings or like at least been just like more visible, right? Like you got Barkley out there all the time, Shaq. You can always get these guys for a quote for something. Yeah, I just hope now. And and you could tell that Mike was a little hesitant because you know he didn't want people to think he was a bad guy or whatever. But like, I think, it's been, the, I think it's been the opposite effect. I think it's like, yo, I like this motherfucker more. I like this version of Mike than the one I grew up with, calling Scott Barella ho and just saying, you know, make it free. Though, like his shit talk game was like impeccable, especially like mid nineties. Punches that story. I've always wanted to hear it told and yeah. I was waiting for it because it's always been like, that was like an urban legend too. That like he punched Steve Kerr in like the throat or some shit. Right. And I was like, yo, like I wanted to see that. Yo. And, and for him to have some remorse, but not really any at the same time shows you how much of a fucking maniacal asshole Michael Jordan was. Yeah. He's like, that. He's like, somebody please give me Steve Kerr's number. I'm like, dude, this is your teammate. You don't, you don't have, I do not have it already. That just shows you how big of a dickhead he is. He had to go get Steve Kerr's number. This guy's on your team. He won three championships with him. 
not in your Rolodex. Yo, I think, and honestly, between me and you, I think, I think there's some cap involved. I think there's some cap. Got to be some cap. Because they were filming all that shit. I think there's some footage. I think some of that footage must have got LeBron. And it was like, yo. I think Steve got off a little more than Mike Wannis. I think so, too. (laughs) I think think there's no way you show little ass Steve. Because you know when somebody's, like, in a fight and they're, like, retelling it? And they have, like, that silent confidence about, like, retelling it. Where it's like, well, me and him know what happened. But I don't got to tell you. He knows what happened. And and all the – Michael Jordan's calling everybody under the sun all types of bitches and hoes and ungrateful. You mean to tell me the only person that stepped to him was this little white guy from Arizona? The only guy? And there's no footage? They filmed everything around you every every waking moment of that season? We ain't got no footage to that punch? I think I think he got I think he got more than a two piece and yeah. a biscuit. Absolutely. Big, big time. I think uh, Steve I think Steve gave him something nice. Big <laughs> big <laughs> Chris Childs, real quick. Hey, you know white boys are crazy too, man. He's yeah. like, yo, said, fuck it, man. I'll, I'll, I'll do it right here. He started probably hitting himself and shit. Doing Steve that right. Steve gets tossed. Steve yeah. gets hot. Yeah. Steve gets hot. I see him, him a couple of uh, couple of those Warriors games when he got a lot of technical fouls. Like you probably <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> white white people. If there was an Olympic sport for white people cursing. For cursing, like white folks will get the gold medal every single year. Hell like yeah. y'all, shit. yeah, this is fucking, this is almost fucking ass. All right, I mean, eat a fucking ass, shit. bro. Fucking kiss my ass, piece of shit. I don't give a fuck if he's Michael Jordan. Fuck. I, I was so happy when Gary Payton goes. I go when he's like, man, he ripped a hole in us. I go, please say it. He goes, <laughs> I go, Gary said he goes, ripped a hole in our ass. Really. <laughs> well, poor Gary Payton, bro. Like he got like. That dude is hilarious. <laughs> I love Gary Payton. Always loved him. I tried to play like him yeah. when I was a kid. I tried to talk shit like him when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, and for me, I was like, all right, Gary, let go, dude. <laughs> Mike was like it, too. He's like, man, this fucking guy. You know what's fucked up? Because, like, usually anytime they hand Mike the iPad, they, like, set it up. Like, all right, Mike, this is what Isaiah said about you. We're going to do it. And, like, as he's talking, they just show his face. Just, oh, my fucking God, bro. And this is not like Gary Payne's no fucking scrub. He's not Laquan McDonald or whoever the fuck yeah. is. But, like, this is a guy who probably still is in the top 50 players. I'm talking about point guards, two-way yeah. players, one of the few point guards to win defensive player of the year. Probably the greatest defensive point guard to ever live, and he got buckets, and he went to a finals twice. Like, and you're just shitting on this dude, and it kind of makes me wonder: Do you think Michael threw those two games just so he could go to Chicago and win on Father's Day? One hundred percent. It's like, yeah, the Bulls, Sonics won by 21 game, then like 14. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Michael's, yeah. So, Michael's so crazy that I, I wouldn't put it past him. Also, a part of me, though, like I cried last night watching the show. Yeah, same. When, 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 when he was crying playing basketball and we- knowing, knowing that his dad wasn't there. And we- it's great to see people who you think are these – impenetrable people have human emotions. That's why people relate to athletes. It's because of their greatness, but like of them as a person, you want to relate to these people as a person. That's why 
basketball players and other athletes are so big now because with social media, you can connect with them. You feel like you can know them a little more than what's on the field or what's on the court. So to see Mike like that. Yeah, and we all, we all saw that. We've, we've seen that. We've seen that picture so many times of Michael on the floor and, and the bread 11s crying with the basketball in his hand. But like, we never heard the audio. Like we never heard him like boo-hooing. To hear a grown like man that. cry. I'm a type of dude. I'm 31. I hear a grown man cry. I feel that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Facts. It's just like, where I'm at. It's just where I'm at in my life. If I hear a grown man cry that never won a basketball game in his life, I'm going to be like, damn, my man is going through it. That's a grown ass man. I felt that. I felt that right here, man. And you know what even, I'm saying? And my favorite part of the doc, and, and, and we'll wrap this up real soon. My favorite yeah. part of the doc was uh, towards the end of episode seven, where we're hearing all these stories about how Mike was an asshole and he wasn't pleasant to be around and yada, yada, yada. And then the whole speech, which I think is going to be like, God damn, if you're a high school basketball coach or you're a coach of any sport and you don't find that tape of saying winning has a price – and it's someone showing MJ beating everybody in sprints every day, fucking talking shit every day. Like he's like, yeah, I wanted to win, but I wanted to win with them. And this is how I played. And if you didn't want to roll with me, like this is how I was, bro. And then like he had to say break because you could tell he was starting to break. Like that amount oh, of he was crying. That amount of fucking competitive fire to what twenty five years later still bring you to tears because it's like yo, he wanted it so fucking bad and like yo you guys didn't earn what i had to earn you didn't go through the bad boy pistons you didn't get called a fucking uh a ball hall who could never win you didn't do you didn't go through this shit so of course i'm be hard on you because i know what it takes and it's like to be that passionate not just about basketball to be that passionate about anything in your life that it brings you to tears i was like holy fuck i'm ready to run through a wall right now after watching this shit and i haven't played ball competitively in years Yo, that um, shit that should have me thinking like, yo, I could potentially like make a second run at this. <laughs> Stop, right? <laughs> the tender yeah, the tender ages of, of, of our thirties. It's like, you know what? If I if I really train hard right now. I was I like, could- I got four years of eligibility, like fuck that. I'm about to start working. I went I shit you not. This is a true story where I'm uh, standing as a private pool. <laughs> I, after I watched the episodes, I went and worked out in the pool with kettlebells. <laughs> I haven't exercised in seven months. <laughs> I was like, yo, you just got to be competitive. Dog. Yo, I got, <laughs> I got two dumbbells in my house. As soon as I started watching that shit, I was like, fuck this shit. Yo. I was like, the girls like, fuck, Mike. Winning has a price. Winning has a price, God. Winning has a price. And to be able to win at the top level and dominate, dominate. Never can be taken away from you, and that's my only argument against LeBron. Yeah, man, it's uh, is that the domination? He goes, I'm gonna take two years off so y'all motherfuckers can eat (laughs) and go and play double A baseball. Like, not awful, not awful. He he batted what two two ten better than Tebow. Better than Tebow? Exactly. I'm like, yo, for comparison's sake, look at Tim Tebow, who's built like a fucking Greek god, who doesn't do anything at the moment except do fucking uh, college football analysis, whatever. Like, he's right. really trying to get on the Mets. Like, really trying. Like, give yeah. him his, his best college try. And even Michael Jordan, in the midst of being the best basketball player in the world and losing his dad, was like, fuck it, I'm going to go play baseball, and wasn't terrible at it. 
Yes. Wasn't that bad. It's it's and and you know there was emphasis too on uh, I think episode seven like yeah I had like the baseball body and you know it was tough for me to do this that I get that uh, I understand that argument but you lost and yeah. a lot of people don't really like to talk about that Mike came back and lost yeah people have to know that they were getting a lot he was getting a lot of excuses a lot of oh I've never seen him look tired I'm like no bro the magic were the the magic were the better team that year man they were, Penny, they were better. Penny, Nick Anderson, Shaq, Horace Grant, like, that's a better team. You weren't ready. Mm -hmm. For the first time in Mike's life, he wasn't ready. And, and, And that's one of the things that I'm happy that they included in the documentary because I said, if this is going to be a 10 part documentary where they suck Mike's dick the whole time, I'm not going to love it that much. Right. Because the editing's weird, the flashbacks are, are all over the place. Just in terms of an editing standpoint, they're fucking... I hate that shit. It's hard it's like, to follow. It's hard to follow. It's, yeah, it's 98. Now it's 94. Now it's 96. And now LL Cool J's playing and I'm hyped in my room. Like, just, you know what I'm saying? Don't call it a comeback. <laughs> like, you know, like, I want to punch, punch somebody in the face. Yo, shout out to whoever's putting that soundtrack together, though. Like, nothing but jams. You know, whoever got that job, they're like, you're going to do the music? He's like, oh, we're fire. <laughs> He's like, let me go on Spotify real quick and just type in '90s rap hits. Just whatever the biggest song of that time was, we're gonna put that on the fucking record. Like, and yeah, the thing yeah. was, Mike hated rap music. Yes, that's what makes it so sweet. That's why that's I just say, all right, now this is like making Mike hip hop now. I go, I love this. Mike hated uh, that shit. You know, goddamn well he ain't no no KRS one. He, he wasn't fucking with no shit. LL Cool J. Fuck no, that no. shit. So chameleon there. I'll fuck with no rappers. <laughs> Come on, yo. That's what makes it cooler. It's like, all right, now they're making like Mike like super hood now. This is dope. They're yeah. playing all this hot ass music. And Mike is like, I'm playing this shit. He went home and listened to Anita Baker, bro. This is facts. You can look it up. He went home and listened to Anita Baker. Come God, on, bro. All the notes. Who's <laughs> not listening to no fucking hip hop, my G? I just think that, you know, the, the way that we grew up, being Nick fans, we had to respect it because luckily we were able to see greatness that close up. And I start to get choked up yeah. when I think about it because Mike has a lot of nostalgia in my life. You know what I mean? Like this it reminds me of a lot of moments with my dad. And it reminds me of, it reminds me of lots of, of you know, that's how me and my dad got to know each other was through sports. And Michael was a part of that. So that's like the one thing I'm grateful for that he did come back because I was able to have those years of learning about competition and sports and getting to see him and see him be Air Jordan and have conversations with my dad on what the Knicks should have did better to defend him or, you know, uh, John Stark should have did this and did that. It was teaching moments for me and my dad to just talk about how to be a competitor just in anything in life. So like, that's where it all comes back to. That's why we're fans. And that's why we love that's why we're doing this show right now is because nostalgia is we earned that right. Yeah. Like, at least for a little bit, I was there. Yeah. And that's that's why this thing is such a I always said this is gonna be like roots for sports fans. Like we're, yeah. we're gonna remember this for the rest of our lives. And you know, the thing is, we all know how the story ends. That's we're still here that. every week. We're still here every week. Like that's the best the stories. That's the best stories are the ones that just can be told over and over and over again. And mm-hmm. there's this one little part, and be like, "Oh, I forgot about that." 
Right, right. I forgot, about that. I forgot Scotty didn't get off the bench. It's like you remember I you. I forgot there was certain moments that where it was like, man, yeah, MJ always won, but it's not like there were years that they weren't the best team in the East. Yeah, there were years where like you know their record wasn't that great. Like they were always very, very good, but it was the like had the same like record mad times every year. The, and like, and. And it's always worth noting that they would always remind you, like, oh, yeah, you know, we beat the Bulls twice that season. Or, like, you know, the Lakers, like, stomped them in a the regular season. And the Suns yeah. finally beat them. And it's like, they weren't this, like, invent- uh, granted, with nostalgia, everything gets looked through with rose-colored glasses. So it's hard to see MJ getting cooked by some no-name. It's hard to see the, the Bulls get stomped in that 72-win season. Yeah. It's hard to see, you know, the Knicks be like, you know, granted, the Knicks are a running joke now, but, like, back then, the Knicks were looked at as, like, the new and improved bad boy Pistons. Like, you, yeah. got, better, you got better players. You got Patrick Ewing, who was, like, a top three or five player at the league at that point. And you Stopper, got, like, your Jordan Stopper. Yeah, you got your, your Jordan Stopper. And you got Jordan's old muscle and Charles Oakley. It's like, this team was built to beat the Bulls. So, granted, it's easy to look back and be like, oh, yeah, the Knicks are trash. But, like, we grew up in the era where we were like, nah, the Knicks – this is the next year. They were the better team. Like they had the better, they had everything going for him. And MJ, it's good to be reminded of all these obstacles that he went through. Cause no matter what he went through, he always seemed to rise to the fucking occasion. And it's hard to see that with a lot of players. It's hard to see that with anybody. You know what I mean? And, it's something and it, it is. And, and the way that Mike did it, like I like to see my goats smoking cigars Swinging, swinging a baseball bat in the fucking clubhouse. Oh my god! Fuck! Just like I'm gonna give these motherfuckers fifty. I need that picture. I'm getting that picture oil painted and put it right in my fucking office. Just to remind me when he's talking about talking shit. He goes, you want to talk shit when you have six or seven? It's a real a real man talk shit when it's zero zero. Mm -hmm. And I was like, fuck that shit. Live lessons, bro. Nothing. All that whole episode was filled with nothing but life lessons and bars from my fire ass quotables. Oh my gosh, bro! If this was yeah. like a source hip hop quotable of the month, oh it would just have God. like the whole episode. Yo, it's cover like cover, bro. It's like New Jack City, the last <laughs> dance, and like Friday with like the quotables. <laughs> the fire oh ass my gosh. Bro. But was, the thing was, the thing was, and I think you could say this as a Knicks fan, even though we hated him, he's the GOAT. Of course. Of course. It's 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 not worth rooting against somebody if they're not great. Right? Like you're not I, yeah. you're not a worthy villain if you're not great. Like you have to, like, it's it's in a in a in a fucked up sad way as a Knicks fan, it was an honor to be that obstacle that the greatest had to go through. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's like, our you're gonna, go through, you're gonna have to go through us. Yeah. Yeah. God damn it, he did. He did. Plenty of times. <laughs> Plenty of times, man. But, but uh, what's what's your, like, what's your top favorite Jordan moment from when you were a kid that you remember very vividly? Vividly as hell, man. My favorite Jordan moment was, God, and this is me remembering it vividly, the first buzzer beater, the first time he did the fist pump, because like I remember watching it. I remember just Kobe like, took that too. Kobe yeah, took that. Kobe too. took that too. <laughs> there was there was the fist pump that he did uh, uh, earlier in the season, but this was the first time where it was like it was just so fucking stone cold. Like you knew he was getting the ball. I think Byron Russell was guarding him again, and it was at home. It was in the United Center, 
And usually, you know, you see the Michael Jordan buzzer beaters where he's either jumping and crazy and doing, going all nuts and da da da. This is the first time stop, pop, turned around and just did, mmm. And I was like, what I'm supposed to do. That's the coldest motherfucker I've ever seen. It, it looked choreographed. It looked like it looked like I was watching a play. I was like, okay, and this is the time where Michael Jordan hits the game winner, and he goes off and he poses, and then does all the news and yada yada yada. And it looked so. My young mind couldn't comprehend like these people are trying their absolute hardest. <laughs> these are all world athletes trying their hardest <laughs> to stop this guy. Everybody in the entire planet knows this guy is getting the ball. And you still couldn't stop him. And it was I was it was so ingrained in my mind that Michael Jordan always won that I thought it was predetermined. I thought it was pro wrestling. I thought yeah. it was like, oh, okay, like this is the time where he wins and da 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 It wasn't until I really grew up and like really understood the game. I was like, holy shit, like this dude was fucking cold. Cold as shit. Like I had to be what, like 10 or 11 at that time when he hit that yeah. shot or something like that. So now I'm looking back, I'm like, oh my God, like this is this is what he's always done. This is how yeah. he's always been. And I got to appreciate it a little more than, you know, Michael Jordan the or, or roster player, what we called him with video games back then. Yeah, yeah, roster. You know? I remember that roster. He was too official. He couldn't even be in fucking video games, bro. Y'all kids don't understand how good y'all got it. Getting yeah. to play with MJ and 2K. Beer, shrug game and shit. I had to fucking play with player. Get people buckets with player. Just a bald guy in high tops. It was like, yeah, just jumping from everywhere. I'm like, yeah, I guess that's him. I guess uh, that's him. <laughs> what about you? What's your favorite moment? Uh, my favorite Jordan moment is sad because it's against the Knicks. Yeah. Um, and it's not going to be the one that you think. It's going to be when he was on the Wizards. Okay. And he hit the big shot against the Knicks. Oh, uh, yeah. And for me, it's something like um, it brought back all those memories of, like, why I loved him when I was so little. Yeah. Like being five or six, being like, Mike, it's Mike, it's Michael, it's Michael. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's Michael Jordan. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just be like, He's so good. And, but I remember when he hit that shot. Uh, I, have, I have two. It's that. Because you know, I could be like, oh, who's the shrug game? Like, dude, like, yeah, I don't remember that. Oh, you know another one, another one I remember that. Oh, steal it from me. I'm not gonna, are you gonna say what I think you're gonna say? All Star Game. All Star Game, bro. I was yeah, like, Jermaine O'Neal. We were so hype. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> we, went, we all was feeding for that one last fucking moment. And he, and he shot like <laughs> shit. He was a showman. He, he shot like a, shit that whole game too. Like you know, Sean Marion was being the fuck out of him. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That was that was hard. the last era where the guys would be like, "All right, we're gonna go hard right now." Right, right. When he gets that fall away in an All Star game, those people blew up like that was the fucking Byron Russell jump shot. <laughs> Happened in the United Center. And then he got Iverson to give them the fucking chest bump at the end of the show. I was like, <laughs> I was like this is it. This is it's it. Just, it's just goat shit. It's like, that's the last dance right there. It's just like, yo, know, like, 
I'm gonna show you young bloods. I can still do this thing. Hell he yeah. just like give me the ball, get the fuck out of the way, hits him with the fadeaway, bang, hit that shit. I was like, oh my and so honestly, nice. it's honestly, it's it's gotten better with time too. Right? I'm hyped because, now, because, because if Jason you remember, everyone getting hype, yo, mad hype. That was a Hawksburg game. They didn't even count. <laughs> there was nothing. There was nothing of consequence on the line. We just wanted to see Mike be Mike one more time. But it's even now, awesome. when you when you look back at it, it's even gotten better with time because. You remember Jermaine O'Neal fouls Kobe. Idiot. And goes to the free throw line. Broke the game. But Kobe being Kobe, everybody's like, oh, Kobe just missed one. Whatever. Kobe's like, fuck that. (laughs) That's also another great thing, though, that I'm happy that Kobe played that out because it's it's whatever. It's whatever. But I got to hear the eruption one time. Can I play it on here? We won't get flagged. No, no, we won't get flagged. We're good. Let that play. Sean Marion. Here we go. So we got Shaq, we got Jason Kidd, Allen Iverson, Sean Marion, Jermaine O'Neal. 2003, dude, 17 years ago. Oh my gosh! And I remember they brought they brought back the the, the old school the old school All Star jerseys for this game. That was so made it even better. Jay Kidd's like, where's Mike? Clear out. Set that down. Screen down. Screen down. Clear out. Here we go. Get it to him, J-Kid. Everyone's high. Clear out. Clear out. Fade away. Buckets. Let's go. Look at that bench. Look at that bench. Hi. Show AI. Show AI. That's my favorite part. Where's he at? Where's he at? You got Marv Albert on the call. My gosh. You got Sejunas Ogalskis. That's the that's the beauty about that's the beauty of sports, man. The beauty that's of sports why. is it brings people together in times where we just need something to fucking yell and cheer about, man. And that's why I'm loving this documentary series. I'm I'm mad that it, that next week's the last episodes, but fuck. I'll be damned if I'm not going to be replaying that shit over and over and over. It's just going to become background noise to me because I always say this when I, when I have a chance and I want to thank you so much for having me on because getting to talk sports for an hour is very therapeutic for me because there's, no, there's no live sports right now. So it's been very tough for me. So for that, I'm forever grateful. You're, and you're always welcome, my G. You're always welcome. And I just wanted to say, you know, like a lot, of, it's going to be like a lot of adults probably that listen to the show. But if there's any young kids that are listening to the show, sports teaches you so much about life. So, and it teaches you so much about winning and losing, how to be a teammate, how to be a better friend, how to be a better person, how to handle ups and downs in your life. That's why I'm happy that I play sports. And that's why I think every kid should play sports. Now, we were talking about college and being like, this, that, and the third, like top recruits and shit like that. It's like, listen, sports can change your life if you're a D3 basketball player, D2 basketball player. It could save your parents money if you get a scholarship and you get the love to do what you want to do. So even if it's not the pinnacle of what, because I feel like we're, we've been just talking goat shit. Right. Like, even if it's not the pinnacle, just still strive to be the best that you can be at whatever it is you do. Because Steve Kerr said a great quote in that. He goes, you know, I wanted to win bad, too. 
I just wasn't as talented as everybody else. Mm. So the hard work can outshine the talent in those situations in your life. So if you guys are out there, you guys are trying to do something, start a podcast, start a YouTube channel. If you don't think you're the most talented person, be the hardest working person because no one can take that away from you ever. If you work hard at anything it is you want to do, I've been telling myself this too. I want to start working harder on everything that I got going on. And I want to inspire people to be great because I think us as people, especially right now, we got to look out for each other because this shit is mad weird. And like, you know, but play sports, love your, love your time playing sports because when it is gone, it is gone. And there's nothing in life that will ever replace that. Nothing in life replaces that. I miss the days of being like, I'm, I'm so ashamed to ever be like, fuck, I got to go to practice. Yeah. I would give everything back to be able to just go to practice. Man, Charles Barkley had a great quote about that this week. And he was like, I live a pretty good life. Shaq lives a pretty good life. Like, you know, when LeBron's done, he's going to live a pretty good life. Jordan, we all live pretty good lives. But nothing, and I'm talking, he's like, absolutely nothing could ever replace being that guy. Being no. the athlete, being the basketball player, like there's, he's like, bro, he's like Michael Jones probably made more money after basketball than he did playing it, yeah. and he's like, you could see in his fucking eyes, like, yo, nothing takes away from being like that dude on the court. And you don't even got to be that dude. We're talking about a one guys, like we're talking about just even having your moments, being on the court. Like this, there's, there's nothing that replaces that. There's nothing that that competitive spirit, that discipline that you learn as an athlete. That um, just anything, just being able to be dependable, being able to trust people, being able to work on your craft, like all that type of shit never leaves you if you have sports in your life, man. All my friends that I still have to this day, I all played ball with. Yeah, same, same. My my best friends, it's like these are the friends that I had and I met them trying to accomplish a common goal together. Whether we won or we lost, we did it together. I would pay anything in the world to take one more snap, shoot one more free throw, try to hit one more baseball. I was terrible at baseball. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So, like, that's what all I want to convey here is that if you're in a position now to still be playing competitive sports, high school, college, professional, just enjoy that shit. It doesn't last forever. Me and Cavs are two guys wishing that we could fucking suit up. And, and, you know, I would play for free. I really would. I'd play for free, too. I'd play for free, too. I I really would. That's just how much I miss being a competitor. But now I have to try and harness that into other things in my life. Yes. And and it's a good thing. You never lose that thing. As long as you keep that and apply that to other things in life that is more uh, pressing at the moment then you'll, you'll never be a loser and you'll always be grateful for those days yeah. of, of, of athletic accomplishments. Danny, my man, titty enthusiast, host of the Basement Yard and the Stank Podcast, thank you so much for coming to Say Less With Kaz. Uh, be safe out there. Wash your hands. And uh, when this is all over, we'll do this in, 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 uh, in person like we used to. Let's go Knicks. Let's go Knicks. <laughs> yeah, let's get that number one pick. LaMelo Ball or no? Uh, LaMelo Ball or Anthony Edwards? I've seen Anthony Edwards. I went, I went both. I, Edwards, I went is, both. he's a baller. He gets buckets. He gets buckets. I like him a lot. Knicks are back, baby. Knicks <laughs> are back. Stay safe, my G. You too, bro. Later.
And that's it today on Say Less With Cast. Thank you all for tuning in on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google, wherever the hell you get your podcasts. Uh, thanks to my guest, Danny LaProye. You can check him out on the basement yard. My guy, Joe Sanagato, the Stank Podcast, uh, some of his incredible titty songs, the, the greatest titty enthusiast I've ever met in my life. And uh, we'll catch you tomorrow, man. Be safe. Wash your ass. And please, please, please say less.